Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. And for those of you who are not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, it's a training application that has over 1,000 training videos, and over 101 fun soccer games. So all your kid has to do is hit play, ball mastery, juggling, dribbling, finishing, you name it, we put it into the app. So definitely check out anytime-soccer.com to learn more about the app, join it for free, and kind of see how the content works. Now, I'm going to do, I'm going to call this part one of three with a special guest from the Netherlands, by the name of Laura. And Laura, don't let me mess up your last name. Dury. Dury. Yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs> and I'm saying part one of three because she has a hard stop in about 10 to 15 minutes. And she's been gracious with her time. We've been talking and interviewing and that kind of stuff. But I want to bring her back on when she has more time to go into even more details about youth soccer in the Netherlands. As a matter of fact, Laura, because we were talking so much about your company and what you guys are doing, I didn't really get a chance to brief you too much on how the Inside Scoop interviews work. So what we're going to do now is just introduce yourself. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'm going to follow this up with a presentation that kind of shows you how we, what we look for in the Inside Scoop. Because at the end of the day, what we do with the Inside Scoop is we compare U.S. soccer pathways, youth soccer pathways, which are completely crazy, to the soccer pathways around the world. And then we take that information as parents and it just helps us put this stuff into context. And it's also a cultural exchange as well, okay? Cool. Now, normally what I do is explain to you how, you how it works in the US. We ain't got time for that. I'm gonna do that in the next segment. You play, I want you to tell us the highest level you played at in sort of your background. And then I'm gonna jump in with a couple of quick questions. Yeah, sure. So uh, I played basically the highest level possible uh, for Ajax Amsterdam, for the people who know, uh, and for the Dutch uh, national team. Um, so yeah, there is no level higher than that, uh, actually, including Champions League. So yeah, had a pretty good run. So if I um, Google you and YouTube you, I'm going to find some clips. You will find some things. I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's been a while ago. Uh, I believe uh, I look better now than then. So you can try. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, because I always say that because I have two boys, 2013 and 2010. And they're still the age, especially my youngest one, who's eight, where he's easily impressed. So if I'm able to show that you're on YouTube and I'm talking to you personally, that's like I get daddy cool points for the next two weeks. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're going to be really, really quick. What I'm very interested in, in a lot of detail, is when did you start? What was your first formal experience of soccer? So I started at a very young age. I was four years old when I joined the club and started playing football on a club format. Was that considered normal for a four-year-old to start the club? 
Uh, not really, no. I think six is more general, and especially for girls at the time, it was uh, quite shocking. And when you started at four, and I'm doing a speed round because I know you got to go. So mm. listen, give me, it's 12.45, give me till 1 p.m. and you out of the door. I don't care what we get. So yeah, when you sure. started at four at the club, did you start in a girls' club or boys? We didn't. Team? No, there were no girls' clubs. Um, there were actually only all boys' teams, so I just joined between the boys, and that was that. Um, and... Yeah. To the best of your ability, why did your parents, what did your parents see that made them say, okay, we're going to sign this girl up at four to play in the club? So my brothers played, my dad played, my dad's fanatical. Um, I fell in love with the ball. He loved football. He didn't care if I was a girl or not. He just wanted me to play. I wanted to play. I'm very stubborn. So I get what I want. Um, so it wasn't really, I don't think it was their choice. I think it was my choice. So. Good, good. So, so, you, so your dad sounds like a parent trainer like me. So, all right, and he wanted you to play. He loved the game. He's like, listen, you're going to go out there and play. Now, when you say you joined a club, describe the club to the best of your ability. Was it large? Did they everybody wear a uniform? Was it informal? Yeah. Who coached? That kind of so stuff. So it's, it's, it's fairly different here in the Netherlands than it is the U.S. You have your own club grounds with your own canteen club at the time uh had quite a lot of players um we're big right we have for every age group i think at least five or six teams um you have men's teams um like from 20 uh up until 50 um age group um so it's big actually um and i just joined at the the yeah the lowest so with that club was that club considered a grassroots club or was it considered a link to a professional team no it's a grassroots club uh and it ha does have partnerships with ajax um but it's a grassroots club yeah okay so we're going to explore the partnership in a second so mm -hmm. that means no matter what your ability was you could start playing training and playing at that club is that fair yep for sure okay and then when you started training and playing at that club, was it any type of tryout? No, just uh, you could join um, and you could just, you know, pay your tuition and just join and have fun. And then when you get better, they're like first teams. So they're more uh, teams that are, how do you say, play higher and some teams play, play lower. But in general, uh, you can join whenever. And then um, who was the coach? And was it a professional coach? Like no, there often, often there were just amateur trainers, uh, volunteers, sometimes parents. So yeah, not not more than that actually. Okay, so now, all right. So then, what did you do after, you know, four, five, or six? How did that work? Four, five, six. You just continued in the club, uh, continued training. Um, you had, as I say, so. They used to call it like the F1s, E1s, B and C and all that kind of thing. And then you played in the first of your age group. Um, so I was always in the best team for my age group. Um, all right. So let me cut you off for a second. So you began to play in the best team for your grassroots age group yeah. for that club. And then yeah. they would presumably, did they play in different leagues again? I'm sorry. Yeah. Leagues against the other grassroots clubs, best clubs. Yeah, that's how it went. Um, so then and, when did yeah. you... Oh, go ahead. No, and that's kind of how it works. So you become the best in your grassroots and then they give you a moment you stand out and then, you know, the professional or better grassroots uh, clubs scout you. And that's kind of how it, uh, how it works. So then when did you start playing? So how did, did you get scouted? 
Uh, I think it really was that somebody at the club kind of phoned the, the district uh, federation and said, hey, there's a girl walking around here who can actually play soccer. Um, you should call her or at least call her up for playing in the district. So we have the federation, your national team, and then we have all these districts, regions, which you play for. Uh, and that's kind of how I started. I think it was 11 at the time when that started. Okay, um, so let me try to paraphrase. So someone at your club saw your potential contacted the district and said, you guys need to send someone out here to check this girl out. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. Now I want to ask one more question about home and then I want to talk about that. So did, what did your parents, your dad, your mom, or anybody that you considered a mentor that didn't do, but didn't charge you anything, what did they do with you at home? If anything, um, I, my dad, basically, he loved to play soccer. So we just went outside all the time, uh, especially we went on holiday a lot to France. And then we would just play around with him. And I always, because my everybody was older than I was and everybody was male, I just had to kind of, you know, compete at that level. There was no, I mean, that really helped me progress. Not only physically, I had to stand up to larger people. I just had to be there and there was no, how do you say? Wait a minute, though. You're telling me your brothers didn't say, hold on, guys, take it easy on my sister? No, not at all. Not <laughs> at all. <laughs> and there's no choice. No, it always uh, do or die, basically. And how so, many brothers did you have? I have two older brothers. You got two older brothers. So they just, mm. they, you just one of the boys. Okay. Mm -hmm. But did your dad ever say to you, Laura, tomorrow we're going out here and we're going to train for an hour? Uh, no, because he didn't have to. Uh, I I did my own grinding. Um, I went. I saw things on TV like tricks and everything, and I went to play outside with everyone. Um, I never really did a lot of drills with other people unless it was like actual club training. I just loved to have the ball on my feet. I went outside, did a new trick, uh, broke my mom's plants all the time. Drives you crazy, um, but no, always grinding. I mean, the ball's my best friend still to this day. Fair enough. Okay, and I'm doing a speed round because you got to go. Mm. Now, to the best of your me memory, other kids, did they culturally, that was there even a notion of their parents, quote unquote, training them? Or was that just not even a cultural thing that happened that, to your best of your ability? Mm, it does happen. I mean, like Tuesday, I was, I was somewhere and I saw this kid with his dad uh, practicing. It happens. I mean, uh, but I think it's more playful. Here in the Netherlands, it's like the kid wants to kind of work. It's, it's not drilling. It's just, hey, let's go kick around the ball and try and do it better every time. Um, but it doesn't feel like a drill, right? It feels like you're playing and enjoying. Okay. To the best of your memory, did your dad ever talk to you in this way? I'm going to use example. If you have a good game today, you know, this club might be looking at you or we need to really do this because did they did he ever talk to you about soccer no. in that way no because to be really honest um back in my days i mean girls and women's soccer was a different cup of tea and um might sound weird but i kind of had this you know i was a goalkeeper i stood out from the crowd there's nobody who has ever had to like tell me to do that because I was on the radar anyway. It sounds pretty arrogant, but it was what it was. Those no, days. so here, so here's my hypothesis. Mm. Okay. Just like uh, some people are born like really tall. 
there and it's very rare to find a six eight six nine athlete who's also athletic like in basketball this is a very rare thing mm -hmm. um and we can see it it's very easy for us to see my hypothesis after interviewing a lot of uh high high um um high performing athletes is there's something mentally as very young um that is the equivalent of being six eight and athletic mm -hmm. Uh, that that you just don't see in everybody, and they're very. And to them, it sounds arrogant because they're like, "No, I always just did this," but it's almost the equivalent of someone saying, "No, I I was I was six eight, and I, nothing I can do about it." Right? It's not whatever. Yeah, no, for sure. So, all right. So now, the district notices you. Is that mm -hmm. fair? But the district, they don't have teams, do they? Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, so they have the, district teams too. Yeah, they. I don't. I think it's a bit different nowadays. But they, what they did is they grabbed all the talented kids in the region and put them in a team, so they could train on another higher level. And they did that for girls and boys. Um, so basically, and that's kind of it's it's the pre-selection before the national team, right? So nationals the entire country, and then before you go there, you kind of get everybody the best from the regions. They train and play games together every once a week, once whatever. And but how does the um, Ajax, which is the only Dutch professional team I know right now, I'm coming to a blank. How do they fit into this? How do the professional academies fit into this? Yeah, so um, they're also still there. So Ajax has, I think, their youngest team is at the age of eight already, if not younger. Um, they just have scouts around the, around the country, and they say, okay, well, that kid... Um, stands out from the rest and we want them in our academy and they train them and they train them and then but can you be in the, on the district team and yep. play for Ajax yeah so I don't think they do the district teams anymore for boys but in the past uh, yeah there are some guys that I used to uh, be part of the same district and you sometimes met each other through the district teams uh, that used to play for Ajax and AZ and all these clubs so yeah okay so but could you play grassroots and play for Ajax at the same time could you play for your no. grassroots club and play for Ajax? No, because you because playing for your club is one thing. So club is grassroots or pro. So that's a club. And then the district is actually like pre-selection national team. So that you could do both. Um, but nowadays, since the 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 how do you say that the academies from the professional clubs have become so intense that they kind of cut on the district teams and only do the national team. And only do the national team. Yeah. And uh, we got five more minutes. So what position did you play? You said you played keeper? Yeah, I was keeper. But when you were really young, did you play keeper? I actually, uh, we used to, I used to play in a, a half a game keeper and a half a game defender until I was 12 and then went full on keeper. And so do you think the people who called about the district, do you think they say we have this amazing girl, female keeper or amazing footballer or uh, all the, the above? A footballer because uh, I got selected as a right back. Uh, and I said, well, I, I kind of stand on goal now these days. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll try that then. And then they were like, well, that's, it's all good now. <laughs> you don't have to try anymore. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, this is so interesting. So then when did you play for a professional academy? Uh, so back in the days, uh, we didn't have female professional academies. So I went pro- uh, or went pro, played for a professional club only when I was 17. Um, and before that, I just played with the boys, um, national teams and that kind of thing uh, until I was ready to play uh, professional. You're kidding me. 
that must have been really hard. Mm, no, I mean, it was quite it was quite fun, actually. I did have a little break in between uh, playing for girls, but then we had an all-girls team playing against boys. So I always played against boys, no matter what, until I went professional. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And then in terms of the monies that your parents would have basically had to pay, in the most general sense, what are we talking about? Oof, um, well... I know it's hard. You're, like a, a, like a, a membership is not a lot at all. You guys pay insane amount of money. We pay, I think, 200 euros a year for a membership. And But then obviously my parents had to drive me everywhere, bought me the best gear that I could get. Um, so they spend a lot of money. But if I hear the the, the amount of money American parents spent, uh, it's not even close. I don't well, so I'm going to end with this. we got three minutes left. This is Neil Crawford, the Inside Scoop. I am interviewing Laura Dury. <laughs> it always gets a laugh. I'm a country boy yeah, yeah, yeah. who is a marketing executive of Jogo, yep. which is a training app that we're going to put in the show notes. But I'm going to end with this because I want to continue this conversation later. We got two minutes. I'm going to wrap it up. I did a podcast on this, and it's a very nuanced point. Okay. American soccer costs the exact same thing as it does in Europe. Okay. Now, this is going to sound strange to you. American soccer, to play soccer in America, costs exactly the same as it does in Europe. As a matter of fact, or even cheaper. As a matter of fact, my son has a game this weekend with the club he one of the clubs he plays for. And the season is $40. And you pay $25 for um uh the kit, and you have to pay five dollars a game for the ref. Okay. Very competitive. So you might say that's strange. I hear all this three thousand dollars. Well, American parents are kind of unique. They, and this is not uncommon, American parents are unique, but in Asia, like educational, Asian parents are unique, Asian mm -hmm. culture, like Korea and stuff are unique. American parents are demanding academy level, or at least what they perceive to be, and I'm using my air quotes, academy level training for a grassroots level child. Mm -hmm. If okay. for someone to provide academy level training to a grassroots level child is expensive it's very expensive because i'm not going to get any return i'm not going to be able to sell you you're not going to go to my first team i'm just mm -hmm. training you it's like taking karate classes that's expensive so mm -hmm. when you hear about that price you're hearing that club is that's what you're hearing that's one complication but what happens is, and I'm about to go, because the American parent takes their halfway decent kid out of the grassroots system, our equivalent of grassroots system, our equivalent of grassroots is it has no talent pool. So you almost have to take your kid out and put them into this quasi competitive environment where your father, on the other hand, can leave you in the grassroots and get comp competition. Because the equivalent of players like you are not being plucked out every two seconds and going to the $3,000 club because this will be a very foreign thing, literally and figuratively, to, mm -hmm. to European parents. They could not conceptualize paying two, $3,000 for their grassroots child to receive extra training. They would think, if my child is that good, Ajax will come knocking. 
This is a very, very nuanced point that I wanted to get on tape again for my uh, American listeners. No, I get so it. The club that I, the club that I was telling you about that my son has a game in this weekend is a Hispanic club. And that is the closest we have to what, at least from what I see, European grassroots would look like. Because the culturally, the Hispanic kids in the families tend to want to, in addition to playing whatever the mainstream club is, they like playing on their own teams and their own culture. So their best kids still play in these grassroots leagues. And that's one of the reasons why I put my sons in that league because it's only $40. And he's still playing. It's in a wrecking league, but he's still playing against the best Hispanic kids in the city. Mm-hmm. This is a very nuanced point, um, but one I thought worth mentioning and where we want to add nuance to our conversation with the inside scoop. Yeah, for sure. So I only went, so I'll go ahead. No, and just it's it's more than the way I think our soccer is structured in America, right? That makes a difference. So I didn't add the last point because I'm already two minutes over and I'm let you go. I didn't add the last point, which is, and it doesn't help that we have, that our pro teams are not pro relegation that doesn't help Mm. because they don't have an incentive to develop talent in the same way because it's just different this is leave it at that yeah but even if we had a promotion and relegation system at the professional level culturally our parents want what they perceive to be academy training even if their child is grassroots this is a very cultural thing I lived mm-hmm. in London for years. And when I explained it to my British friends, it's not even like we're, it's not even like they disagree. They can't even understand what I'm talking about. Like I have to, like, they they literally cannot pit, like, what are you, I don't understand. Like, yeah, you mean you, you have a kid who's average and you pay somebody $3,000 a year to train them? How do you find other players? And we're, and I have to explain, no, that's how it works here. So I did a good job. I'm only three minutes over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a good job. And I and I this is part one of part three because I want to talk to you about more about your childhood. I want to talk to you more about specifically being a, a, a female footballer and growing up and what you're seeing there. And I want to talk to you about playing at the highest level and national team and sort of what you see about development. And then I want to tie that all into the technology that we've been talking about in previous shows uh, that you guys are launching. And I want to keep the relationship going. And I'm going to introduce you guys to the trace up folks, not so much of anything officially tie up, but it could be a, you know, just a conversation um, with video folks. You never know. Always interested. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Enjoy your Friday, go to the pub, you know, have a drink. You're young. I, I'm I'm gonna be getting kids jumping on top of me in two hours. So we in a different world. Yeah. All yeah. right. Hey guys, Neil Crawford with the Inside Scoop, also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. Check out www.anytime-soccer.com to learn more about Anytime Soccer Training. Join the mailing list and take the seven-day ball mastery challenge. Goodbye.